Hey ladies, it's your favorite dating coach here. Do these titles sound familiar at all? Uh, what to do until love finds you. Secrets of an irresistible woman. What are the three biggest mistakes women make in relationships? <laughs> hey, what's up ladies? So today I'm gonna show you guys 10 ways to make a guy weak for you. So how do you become a high value woman that men will never want to leave? Coming up, a year and a half ago, she said she was fat, broke, and miserable. Now she's happier than ever. How'd she do it? Hi, Nathan. Um, Hi, Carla. Welcome back Thank to Landerman <laughs> Podcast. We're doing it again. I'm very transparent about the fact that occasionally I have technical mishaps. We all do. So um, we recorded an entire episode. A, a really whole great episode. Thing. It was amazing. It was probably. It'll never be duplicated. Yeah. It was probably the best episode we would ever have like, that no one will ever hear. Yeah, it was really great. <laughs> I mean, magic. So I went in to open it and edit it, and uh, error. It error, was gone. It was gone. Because the world wasn't ready for it. The world was not ready. It wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. My computer wasn't ready. So you have graciously agreed to come back. Yes, I'm back. And re-record with me, and yes. I am so grateful for that. So, uh, without further ado, Nathan Young, thank yes. you again for being here. Uh, so you, so we invited you onto the podcast, a because you have we we run into each other a couple times at different events and things, yeah, yeah. and you have expressed that you enjoy the podcast. Yes. And you've also, because the focus of the podcast is books and things like that, you're a writer. Yeah. Uh, and relationship books and, and things. So it's just information and, and subject matter that you're interested in. So uh, that's why you're here. Yeah. But now tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here in San Diego. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, my name is Nathan Young and... I'm pretty involved in a lot of like the writing and speaking world here in San Diego, and I, I host a speaker series or sort of a program called The New Narrative, and it's all about taking a look at a lot of the social narratives that have defined our life up until now and um, deciding if maybe we want to create a new narrative, a, just a different way of defining our lives. And there's definitely kind of like a social justice and social progress aspect to it, like how could we really be moving forward to create a more equitable and sustainable and fulfilling world for, world for all of us. And um, so this happens in different events. I do like pretty much big events, small events. There's usually something going on about every week with the yeah. narrative. So how does that work? So every week, so I know you do, you, you do like a monthly event, right? And then you do a weekly kind of? So I do, no, I do like one big annual event uh -huh. where we pick a theme and we really dive into it. And it's all like, it's all based on speakers sharing their own personal stories mm -hmm. about, uh, the last one we do was about work and money. So how they dealt with challenges around work and money in their lives. And usually it would be people that kind of come from different extenuating circumstances on the theme. So one guy spoke about growing up poor in Sonoma and mm -hmm. kind of what that meant for him. And mm. uh, another oh, guy, why? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another guy spoke about um, growing up or uh, another guy spoke about how, you know, his child got sick and he had to fight with his company for health insurance, mm -hmm. you know, what that meant to him. So that's kind of the big event we do once a year. And then I also do just a couple different series of smaller events. And so one of the events is called Rethink, and it's a discussion-oriented event. So we just get together in groups 
and discuss different topics. We rotate around. So the last topic was creating change. Like, what does it take to create change in our world? And I also open uh, host a storytelling open mic show called Daring Stories. Mm -hmm. and then I do some smaller events and workshops around storytelling too. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk later about how people can find out more and where they can go. Perfect. But we want to make them listen, so I'm not going to. Yeah, 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 totally. I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's what I told Jerry last week. I was like, "Don't, don't tell them yet how to reach you." Because yeah, yeah, That comes at the end. Yes. I'm assuming everybody's listening all the way through because they love us they so should. much. I'm going to leave my top <laughs> insight for what it's worth at the end. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. We always save the best for last. Yes. So one of the reasons why I was excited to have you on is because on Facebook, you're pretty vocal about kind of your journey with having a relationship or not yeah. having one. Yeah. And obviously the reason why Delia and I started this podcast is because it was something we always discussed amongst ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And we just kind of wanted to put it out there to the world and, and also just kind of let people know they're not alone in mm -hmm. this journey. There's a lot of people that are older that just still haven't found that person it's just, yeah, yeah. you know it's and me reading all these books and everything kind of was what initially started it because of the bad advice that i was you know <laughs> thinking that it's all bad advice but there's no. a lot of bad advice out there it's true <laughs> yeah and so you've been recently how now how long have you been in your relationship so i've been in my current relationship for two years which Ooh. is crazy um, but yeah, prior to that, you know, it was kind of on again, off again, smaller relationships um, or shorter relationships, which, yeah, I wasn't necessarily opposed to, but, or, or not opposed to, but like, you know, maybe that's just how it was. And um, I didn't necessarily think that was necessarily a bad thing, but there definitely was earlier in my life. I really struggled with relationships and like kind of all my relationships with women. Mm -hmm. I think I was very kind of awkward and needy about it. Um, in retrospect, I mean, I probably, I think probably how I interacted with women was probably very familiar to a lot of women that yeah. listen to this podcast, uh -huh. where I was just, I was just kind of stupid and clueless <laughs> and didn't really get it. And it wasn't until, part of the reason why I really love your podcast and the whole concept about it, especially when you put it out there, was because, you know, I, I sort of started seeking help, like, like, honestly, seeking help when I was 35. And I did it by reading a lot of books, yeah. relationships books, and typically ones aimed at men, which, you know, have their, you know, pros and cons that we could talk about later. Yeah, but, yeah, we'll definitely get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really, it turned my life, I was, it really helped me turn my life around. And it was sort of shocking to me how much of what was, you know, I was reading in books was sort of intuitive when I really was thinking about it and how, yeah, it was a lot, it was sort of obvious. It was really helpful. And it just was like, how come nobody ever told me this before? Right. And like, yeah. why is this? But the reason... Why is this a secret? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. But the thing was that, I mean, there's a big stigma against, yeah, you're supposed to, I think at the time, I think this is changing now. This would have been like eight years ago because I was 35 and I'm 43 now. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I felt like there's just sort of a big stigma around it too. Like, you're supposed to just sort of know and you're supposed to like... Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah, and if you don't know, then there's something wrong with you and you're just like... You're fucked. You're, God, you're... thank you for saying that. It's so true. It's supposed to be intuitive. Yeah, yeah. And you're supposed to just like fall on someone and then it's... it's and it's right. Yeah. It's right. It's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I realized that there was like legitimate steps I could be taking towards, you know, 
finding a relationship and like improving myself to be a better person for that relationship or more receptive for that relationship. And, you know, a lot of them, like it was, it was scary for sure. And a lot of it was very difficult. And it it really took me about like five years of working on it pretty actively Mm -hmm. to kind of get to a place where I felt kind of whole, but it like, I I just can't fathom had I never done that, you know? And, um, and so I think it's great that you're like putting it out there like, hey, we're going to work on improving ourselves and we're going to read these cheesy relationship books. And guess what? They're actually kind of helpful. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that has been the case. It's like we, we, you know, we parse out what is pretty bad information yeah, yeah. and then we keep the good stuff. And there is no manual, but I do think there's something to be said for doing the work because uh-huh. I think what happens is, is the way that it's set up now, like we were just saying, like, Oh, it just happens. Well, the problem with it just happens is that I think people, a lot of people end up in bad relationships. Yep, exactly. Unsatisfied. They're, they're disappointed. They, they don't have any satisfaction in, in being in a relationship. Yeah. And something that I've never wanted because I grew up in kind of a, my mom and dad were, uh, two very different people. And my dad was an alcoholic and he, you know, he had a lot of issues and my mom was kind of raised like in the South and you just kind of deal with it. Yeah, yeah. You just put up with it. Yeah. But she finally got fed up and left, you know, but it was like 13 years of watching my parents not be compatible and be yeah. very unhappy. And also, you know, there was a, a number of other factors, but I just think that when we're willing to do the work and we're willing to kind of, a, we find satisfaction with ourselves, which totally. is really important, way more important than I ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I last week when I was talking to Jerry, I was saying like, "Oh yeah, I love myself." You know, <laughs> it sounds such a corny thing to say, but it's like so important. It is so important, and it's like nobody. I feel like I know people that are in relationships, and I'm like, well, they don't love themselves. Yeah. But then, if I really look at the relationships, it's like, well, that is a mirror, you know, yeah, it's yeah, a reflection. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So to me, what you were talking about earlier with, with the work that you do kind of changing the narrative. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what we're trying to do with the podcast is looking at it in a new way and saying, we're okay. We're okay. Yeah, yeah. If we're not in a relationship yet. It's okay. If you're not, you know, just settling or if you're not, you know, but you have to do the work. Totally. totally. You can't do anything unless you're going to do the work. Anyway, so I, I just appreciate that about you. And, I you know, I want to say, based on my experience, you're probably like a unicorn as far as I, I don't feel like men, and this is not like a slight against men. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. Like, you're not supposed to go out and seek the knowledge or you're not, you know, it's like, I don't think men are taught, oh, you need to go figure out how to be a better partner. Right? Do you think that that's an, uh, something that men are maybe more now than ever but yeah i mean i think we are taught but there is a sort of patriarchal heteronormative way in which it does get taught Mm -hmm. because there's definitely a dialogue about it i mean i think unfortunately the dialogue the kind of current dialogue sort of centers around like guys like jordan peterson and stuff you know right like yeah so the way that uh, the presumption is like the way that you become a better partner 
is by being a better quote unquote man. Mm -hmm. And then that falls back on a lot of stereotypes around masculinity that are like outdated to be generous, Mm -hmm. but maybe just like straight out flawed on some level too. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. (laughs) And like, you know, damaging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me, okay, so in in our amazing recording, I know we the, did, it was so forever. amazing. Gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> you had talked about some of the books, and I just kind of wanted to revisit that yeah. and talk about the books that you sort of used and that you felt like were the most useful. Totally. Yeah, yeah. You know, the good advice, the bad advice, all that. Yeah, um, yeah. Where did you kind of start? Where did it yeah, begin? Yeah. Like. What, what was the first book that totally. you're like, oh, I should read this book? Yeah, so where it started was with the most infamous of all the men's dating books, which was that book, The Game. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it started. The Game. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm not necessarily, I don't know if, like, I was going to say I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I don't even know if it's on, like, the proud or not spectrum. Like, just at the time, that was the one book I knew about. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at my life and being like, well, this is not good. I don't like it. I just got out of a relationship and I was just, I was very unhappy. My job sucked. I was deep in debt. I was just not happy with like the way my life was going at all. And, you know, at that point in my life too, I just, you know, just be like transparent about where I was in my thinking. Like to me, the solution was like, there was all these different things I could be doing. Like, okay, I could be like working out more. I could be looking for a new job. But also part of the things that I thought was like good for me to do was like try and get laid. Like mm-hmm. getting laid would solve some things yeah. for me in It'll my mind everything. at the time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or at least to have fun while it was happening. And I was, you know, I was sort of fixated on that to, you know, in a healthy degree. I think the way lots of men are, um, sex gets kind of put on a pedestal in our world. And for a lot of men, it's like, like, that's the ultimate attainment, right? That's this sort of thing that if you are having sex with attractive women, you have proven yourself to be a man. Right. And uh, I, I very much had unthinkingly, unwittingly, like, just, I mean, that was just the water I swam in. That was the messaging I had gotten my whole whole life. So I was bought into that. Um, so that book, The Game, I mean, the funny thing about it was, like, yeah, it was it was the only book I knew about when I realized like okay I gotta fix something about my life and getting laid would be a positive in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was this book that had kind of been like floating around. Guys like I'd seen it. Guys had like pulled and it out of their backpack. Was this? this was like eight years ago. So okay. what is it's like two thousand? It would have been like two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, two thousand eleven. That's about right. And um, I think the book came out in like 2007, 2006 or seven. I could be wrong, but it was it was the kind of thing like I, guys would like pull out of their backpacks like, "Have you heard of this book? Have you heard of this book?" <laughs> and, and it's the most ridiculous looking book. It's got like, it's, like leather bound and like this gold trim and this little like red ribbon in it. And it's got like, uh-huh. like these cartoons in it. And I've definitely seen it before and been like, "This is fucking ridiculous." Uh-huh. But at this point, I was like, "Well, you know, what do I got to lose?" Like. Right. 14 bucks and some pride, you know? Yeah. So I, I bought it and started reading through it. And I was very surprised because, you know, one, it, it wasn't like a how-to. It was a narrative. And it was written by a guy that's a writer for Rolling Stone. And he had gotten an assignment to go follow these pickup artists in L.A., quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and then ended up turning into this book. But also, like, I was sort of surprised, like, how helpful it was. And there definitely... This is like kind of the theme of a lot of men's um, dating relationship books. 
there is you got to kind of parse the good and the bad out of it and yeah. it could be like from a page to page basis sometimes yeah. same um, with the women yeah yeah that's, <laughs> you know, that's why we're here yeah because yeah. Yeah. a lot of them are couched in that sort of old model of masculinity like to the point where like they advocate sexual assault and but there also is yeah. like it's very damaging yeah yeah but there also is a lot of you know there is a lot of conversation about the value of emotional intelligence and the value of you know, kind of trying to see the world from a woman's perspective, which completely blew my mind. Uh-huh. Like, it, that, that, just that <laughs> yeah. simple concept of like, just think about what you look like as a woman. Like, think about how many times she hears all these different lines in her life. Think about like how transparent you look. And like, what would you do if some, you know, buddy came up to you and said, you heard the same lines over and over. And, you know, what would you think of these people? I was like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. You know, never like tried to think about it from a woman's perspective before. Yeah, and 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 so this was like the inequality to me of the the women's books and the men's books is like the mixed messages. Yeah. Because I feel like in the women's books, it's always about kind of how to defer to the man, please the man, how to be the, the perfect woman for the man. And I feel like in the men's books, my impression is, and this is our next season we're going to explore, but is that it's how to, you know, conquer. It it is like the conquering of the woman. And it's a different day and age now. Totally. Women, I think, the idea that we're autonomous creatures and that men aren't necessarily aware of that still to this day is like, it blows my mind. Yeah. So, but I don't blame men for that because it's like, this is, these are the messages you've been getting. This is what men have been told for years. Yeah. This is how you do it. But I think women, you know, we have access to books and college. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and it's like, that, that stuff doesn't work for us anymore. It totally. Just, it's, you know, it's played out. It's boring. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Same old, you know, totally. same old game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it was funny about it because the, the, a lot of my take about so reading them was this feeling that the game had changed, mm-hmm. you know, at least in this, in the early late aughts, early teens, you know, yeah. was kind of the mo- notion. Part of it was response like, okay, this game has changed. Like you got to be smarter about how you impress women now. Right, right. And which, you know, is like perfectly legit, but it's still definitely different books had different points of view or different sources had different points of view about like some of them, still kind of fall back on these tropes of masculinity and like, oh, you got to be assertive. You got to be this, you got to be that. Mm -hmm. And some of them were a little bit more like, okay, like how can you present yourself in a different way that'll catch women's attention? So like one of the things I thought was interesting, yeah. And again, all these books are kind of a mixed bag. They all sort of exist on a spectrum of these things and they say a certain level of things on one level or another. But I thought like one of the interesting things, this is kind of in the game, it was sort of suggested, it talked about, and so a lot of it too, like, would fall in these weird generalizations mm-hmm. that were actually like, oh, okay, that was weird, but that was a good point, but that right. was weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, same with the women. It's like, well, that's a great point. I'm, yeah, yeah. Albeit awkward, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. So one of the points that was made, I mean, it might have been the, the, that dude, Mystery, the most ridiculous looking, I don't know if you know who that guy is. He had, like, his own TV show for a while oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, too. He had a big giant hat guy, and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he would be, like, strangely insightful in this, like, just completely ridiculous way Uh but but like one of the points was that i think it was him or was either in the game was like okay think about when you were on the playground in grade school and what was happening like the girls were talking about like social dynamics 
and they were very attuned to that. And then the guys were like playing sports. They were talking about video games and comic books. And then he flips it. He's like, so think about like as an adult, have you seen like guys get so excited about the cute girl that likes sports and video games and comic books? So what if you were the guy that could talk about like emotional intelligence right. and social dynamic? Wouldn't that put you in a unique situation? And you're like the Jane Austen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was like it was like, like let me pluck your eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was like, oh, that was that's very insightful, you know? Yeah. But then he would be like the same guy. But then like a page later he talked about like personality tests as being chick crack or something like that, you uh-huh. know? So yeah. it's like that still that kind of thing going on. Yeah, right. Which yeah, it was just fascinating though to 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 get the like an insight like that and then like two two pages later be like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like too there's this air of um what makes me sad about the kind of the chase between men and women is it feels like it's like a manipulation. And not yeah. an authentic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to connect, I want to be intimate. Because, like, I think, and part of the reason why we're exploring sex this season yeah, yeah. is, you know, women like sex, too. Like, totally. we, we enjoy having sex. It's a human drive need, not just for men, women, too. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like we've done so much damage between, A, making sex about being in a relationship. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a problem. Totally. Because I think men don't typically perceive, like you said, I just wanted to get laid. Like I felt like yeah, yeah, getting laid. Totally. But we're taught that that has to come with intimacy and totally. commitment. And if it's not, then I'm a slut. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a whore. You totally. know, like if I don't need those same things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just. Yeah, there's just a lot of mixed messages between men and women, and I think it's it's so damaging. And these, I feel like a lot of these books continue to kind of drive that. Yeah, they do, and it's funny. I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think a lot of a lot of where I came from about this too was thinking about that same thing from sort of a male perspective and feeling like okay, like. I might need to offer up some level of commitment to get sex Uh and like what level am I comfortable with? And if I do have sex with somebody, like what do I now then owe them of as far as like, you know, recognition or some commitment or something. And my time. Yeah. 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 Totally. Or like some kind of emotional involvement. And yeah, it definitely like got me into trouble. It kind of gets us all into trouble because if it's not, it's not really authentic, you know? Yeah. And that's, and so I definitely, you know, I, I was approaching relationships from this mindset of like, well, okay, like there'll be some things I'll have to say that aren't true to get to sex. Like yeah. there'll be some things I'll have to, and it wasn't necessarily like, it, 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 it wasn't necessarily that I was like lying per se. It was just more like compromises. Well, and you right, know? and just telling men, like, these are the things you have to do to get from point A to point yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. Then you get into the really toxic stuff of, like, you need to give, you need to get her drunk. You yeah, yeah, to, totally. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, totally. a whole other level that's yeah, yeah. obviously not, but to, that is, like, the saddest thing to me is that men think that in order for a woman to desire them, they yeah. have to be drunk or to be, you know, it's like, yeah. no, if, if you show up as an authentic person, sort of fleshed out person 
and you have a confidence or you know who I'm gonna be attracted to you. You don't have to get me drunk, totally. you don't have to fool me, you don't have to trick me. I you know yeah, yeah. and it just yeah, it, it it's made it hard for me to maintain a relationship <laughs> and it's made it hard for me to even trust a lot of men that approach me because yeah. I'm like I can tell if a guy's full of shit. I mean, I know. Totally. I, you know, I smell it from a mile away. Now, I, of course, I've fallen for it a few times, but yeah, yeah. Um, some I, some men are better at it than others, I'll say. Totally. But when I, you know, the one authentic relationship that I had, I think the difference was is that he really did care about me and yeah, cared yeah. about <laughs> me as a person. Yeah. Like he really did see me as a human being and not like something he had to, totally. you know. There was, I mean, it's funny, too, because I remember through all this, because a lot of these books, too, like, the, especially the game, per se, it, it would talk about all these different routines and lines and stuff, and you, part of the plan was you would approach women with these sort of hypothetical situations that you would talk about, like, okay, like, hey, um, my, I think, like, the one I did, I, I did made, made up my own, and be like, about, okay, hey, um, uh, a friend of mine has... Uh, paintings from his ex-girlfriend up in his apartment and his current girlfriend doesn't like those and wants him to take them down. Like, what do you think of that? And so the whole premise was like, yeah, I'd approach, this is how I'd approach women and ask these sort of questions like that. Uh-huh. And, um, and that would initiate a conversation, you know? Right. And what was so interesting about it, it was like, oh, I, I, suddenly I was having, because prior to that, I think my thought was like, it's just supposed to go up and straight up hit on the woman that I thought was interesting. And, right. and it was like, oh, hey, what's up? And now I had this like way to kind of get in a little uh-huh. bit deeper first. And so it was just because I did that for a long time. And then it's like, okay, I have that conversation. I'm like, okay, now do I, what do I do now? And because what I did was I would go down to the gas lamp quarter down here in San Diego, which it was great because I was kind of assured that I wouldn't necessarily see any of those people again mm-hmm. going down there and practicing these lines. But it did. So after kind of doing that for a while, though, I did sort of to, um, you know, I did kind of hear these notions of like authenticity and like learning how to, you know, be vulnerable and be yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was still kind of couched in this masculinity of like, you just got to tell the chick what's going on, man. Like, tell her straight. She'll appreciate that. Uh-huh. And it was still kind of couched in that, which didn't really resonate with me. But it was still kind of a new concept that you know, even the notion that I could just put out there what I wanted in the world. Yeah. I mean, even after hearing that, it took me about like two years to uh-huh. like to really rock it grasp, and like yeah. realize it. And even then, yeah, it was still kind of halfway. I still had sort of had didn't quite believe it. And still had to kind of negotiate through relationships. You know, afraid to say what I wanted sometimes, or from still from this kind of older point of view. Yeah. So it's tough, and and I know that's like very much. I think the big fear I had was that, okay, if I say this now and she doesn't agree with it, then that means, like, it won't happen. Like, there won't be sex or there won't be a relationship or there won't be anything. Yeah. And I always would kind of try to say what I thought the woman wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was always a process of trying to be more honest and straightforward through all all this. But it, it, it was interesting to think back, especially now, like, how much it had just been ingrained in me to say what I thought the woman wanted to hear more than... Like what was what important was really to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah, and I know, like, when I talked to Jerry last week, he's a therapist and he works with, like, married couples yeah. and stuff. And he talks about how 
people can be married for years and years and years and never and say they don't have this, <laughs> like you talked about being afraid to say what you want yeah people that's a major problem and why people go to therapy because they're afraid to express to their partner totally right and i think that goes back to not being able to be authentic because we present this certain thing and then yeah. when that's not what it is then you got a problem because yeah, yeah. now you're in a relationship and okay so okay i've got the relationship i got what i want but if i show them who i really am then, then i might lose it yeah, yeah it's gonna all go away and i'm you know alone again and again alone again, again, again naturally. Alone. Yes. yeah no totally so i yeah so that's interesting because i think that's that's one of the big issues is that we already kind of screw ourselves when we go into uh, a relationship that's not going to be satisfying yeah. um, by pretending to be somebody we're not. But totally. we're men and women are encouraged oh, yeah, to totally. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, all the books are like, do you know, be do this, do this, do this, and I'm like, eventually that guy's gonna see me like not uh, done up. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> this one book was like never go out with a guy without your hair done your nails done you know you make sure that everything and it's like well i i don't do my nails all the time yeah. like i don't there's gonna be days that men have to know that i'm that's not every day for a woman either, yeah yeah you know? yeah totally and so yeah going back to just being authentic and being yourself and it's hard to do that and feel like you are going to be able to get into a relationship Totally, totally. It's funny, the whole notion of being yourself. Because I remember, like, when I... Because that was one of the pieces of advice I got, like, beforehand. Like, the, the quote-unquote bad piece of advice. Well, uh -huh. just be yourself. And it's like, oh, myself is, like... It's, like, really curmudgeonly. Like, dude, yeah. it's like, this isn't working for me. And, and I did have to, like, put on these sort of fake but person. But that's what you believe. Yeah, 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 totally. But then, I mean, the the irony of it was like my notion of myself wasn't even like myself you know i had gotten yeah. and i think this is sort of like the difficult and tragic thing that boys and men deal with these days is like a lot of sort of expectations of masculinity start showing up around like second or third grade mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and you're not equipped yeah. to deal with that and figure out what that is and like when i think about it i had kind of adopted probably around like my fourth or fifth grade I had adopted a persona that, yeah. like, I had been living with this whole time. And that persona wasn't really me. And, you know, I got adopted so early, and it fit in with sort of a standard set of expectations of, like, right. what a boy or a man is supposed to be in these different stages of his life. And that was just kind of it, you know? Yeah. Um, it was it was really interesting to, I mean, a lot of these dating books, they did have these very... Uh, counterintuitive approaches to how you go about meeting women and like yeah. even just sort of trying to present yourself as this more emotionally intelligent man with these goofy lines uh -huh. you know yeah, exactly. it was just it was almost like oh that's like almost so obvious it's ridiculous mm -hmm. at the same time it you know I was 35 years old and it had never occurred to me to do what I was hearing in these books yeah yeah yeah. So tell me about your like what shifted and how because I'm assuming like yeah, yeah. all of all of that goes out the window once you're actually in a relationship like it's like all of that stuff I mean some of it's useful but I feel like when you're actually in a relationship it's 
between you and the other person. I mean, it, you yeah, yeah. agreements and you had, you know, what shifted and what allowed you to kind of then commit and be in a relationship now for two years. Yeah, yeah. So we'll say like the one, there was kind of a point about like five years into it where I was... I had been trying all these different things and I had been teaching myself about emotional intelligence. So I was getting clued into sort of my own emotional needs and like how to, I've been reading all like Brene Brown and all her uh-huh. talk about like vulnerability and authenticity yeah. and what that meant. But I read this, like the big kind of turnaround for me where I really got to the point where like now I could like, you know, instead of just sort of being a quote unquote player or whatever, mm-hmm. like now is at the point where I could be in a relationship. I read this book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And I think a lot of times, like the title implies, like you're gonna now you're gonna be a jerk, but it was more about just how to assert your needs in a relationship and not be a pushover, and how a lot of men, you know, I think we have. It, it doesn't really match the stereotype, but I think there are a lot of men that get in this situation where either they're telling women what they think they want to hear from a spot of like they don't want to be like left behind in the relationship, or they don't want to, or they're manipulating for sex, but. Mm-hmm. This book was more about like how to, you know, guys feeling that they'll be left behind in their relationship if they don't sort of say what they think their partner wants to hear. And so learning how to communicate really like yeah. needs and But not. the book yeah, it didn't really get into that. It more got into like what's the psychology that's keeping you okay. afraid, essentially. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really resonated with me, because I definitely had done, caught myself doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I thought was so interesting in the book was that it said like do you're kind of programmed to interact with women in a certain way mm-hmm. and it prescribed a 30-day women-free diet mm-hmm. like you're not going to talk to any women in your world for 30 days whether it's you know if obviously if you have like co-workers and stuff like don't be completely awkward right. but you're like not just gonna <laughs> ignore them yeah, yeah yeah you're not gonna seek it out yeah yeah you're not gonna flirt you're not gonna text any female friends you're not gonna like you know go out to bars or restaurants where for the specific reason of talking to women like you're going to just to sort of live your own life then it also presented this other hypothetical of like just imagine it's never going to happen imagine like you're never going to have sex again you're never going to be in a relationship you're never getting married mm-hmm. all of your ideas about life that was going to be like presupposed around yeah. those concepts like just suppose <laughs> like it's never going to happen right like what would you do how would you start living your life mm-hmm. and you know suddenly i started like thinking about vacations like I always wanted to take but always waited for like the right relationship to go with me Mm -hmm. or just so but it said like imagine it's never going to happen imagine like you're never going to have sex again you're never going to be a relationship you're never going to get married all these things that you'd been hoping for and then how would you start living your life from there and that was just a really interesting mental exercise for myself because I did start thinking about vacations I had wanted to take and was waiting for the right relationship and just okay, how, what if I would just take those vacations on my own? Yeah. And like, if um, I had been, you know, looking to relationships for my, like intimate relationships for my emotional relationships, like how can I get those needs met elsewhere? Like how can I focus on friends more than intimate relationships as far as getting my needs met? And, you know, what other ways am I holding myself back? Because I'm worried that some girl or some woman that I'd be interested in would like not be into that or mm-hmm. anything. And so it was really just a fascinating mental exercise for me. And I think it just kind of caught me at the right point in my whole evolution where I was willing to be like, yeah, okay, this is me. Like, here I am. This is how I'm living my life now. And so when I met, you know, my current partner, 
I mean, I went into it's. It's just interesting. We reminisce about this a lot. We kind of joke about it a lot because she's she's one of those rare people that's sort of like naturally like just very self assured and like mm-hmm. self contained and yeah confident. Mm-hmm. And she was just sort of born that way. Mm-hmm. And so when I talked to her about like sort of my journey, she's like, "Wait, what? Like how did like <laughs> <laughs> so you just." you didn't think that people liked you like uh, right. and she just figures everybody likes her until proven otherwise uh-huh. and i'm like nobody likes me until like <laughs> proven over and over and over yeah, and over again yeah. otherwise you know yeah um, that's like two different ways to approach life in general i think oh totally you think totally everybody loves you or yeah. you think everybody hates you yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean and part of like the evolution had to just be getting to a point where like well i didn't care either which way you know i have to like get to the point where you're just self-assured with yourself and like whole with yourself and like you love yourself the most of anybody else yeah um which sounds like so corny and it sounds you know very much we have this culture that talks about sort of sacrifice and giving to each other but i think you still need to sort of focus on yourself a lot more to really have anything to give on a lot of absolutely aspects yeah um but yeah we went on our first date i mean it was just so interesting like she she was so forward in a way that i had not expected and you know and i tell this story a lot this isn't like a secret story you know, that night it was very obvious there was an attraction there. It was very mm-hmm. obvious, like, what was going to happen yeah. later on the night. But I was I was worried. I had, like, just quit my job to focus on my entrepreneurial endeavors. And um, I had actually gotten out of a relationship kind of prior to that, um, you know, I had been in that relationship. It was sort of my last attempt to be a quote-unquote boyfriend. Uh-huh. And I just failed miserably at it and be in that sort of standard style of relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the woman was really upset with me based off that. So going into this situation where, you know, I saw this woman was like, there's obviously a mutual attraction. Things were going to happen. And, you know, I was very proud of myself because I was like, okay, wait, before we go any further, I just need to, like, tell you some things because, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm starting this business for myself. That's going to be a focus of my attention. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe in, like, relationships and monogamy. And I've always never really, like, enjoyed being in relationships that much before. So... You know, whatever we do tonight, I just like no promises or anything. Uh-huh. And she's yeah. like, "Yeah, that's fine, whatever." Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was to me that it sounds so like pedestrian, but to me that was like a big moment because, you know, it was like, okay, I could say this, and she could say, like, "Oh, all right, that's too bad. I guess you know this won't work. I guess yeah, like see you later." Yeah. And um, but you know, I did assert what I needed, and she was like, "Yeah, that's fine." You know. And that's the thing, and I think a lot of um, men and women they miss an opportunity with that because you clearly laid out your you you said this is where i'm at and then she said okay and it didn't ruin the night it didn't like and i mean i think that that's the minute and this is another thing that we've talked about you go on a date and you're like before you even go on the date you're starting to think about well what about when we do this or let's yeah. I go to this place with him? Oh, I could take him to this wedding with me in totally. six months. And <laughs> I could do, you know, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, 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 stop, stop. Yeah. Go have the night. Yeah. Enjoy it or not, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then work from there. Yeah, Don't yeah. put all these values on the first meeting with somebody. And, totally. you know, she also, uh, she pursued you, right? Yeah, she, <laughs> she was the one that was doing all of it. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, where is this coming from? Uh-huh. Why is this uh-huh. attractive woman? Well, here you were me? spending all this time trying to figure out how to like be the person. Oh, totally. And then she just was like, 
She's like, I just yeah. make this easy. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, blue, yeah, that was really, it was, that was funny too. But yeah, she's just sort of like, she's that type, like, this guy seems nice. I'm going to text him. Uh-huh. And she doesn't like worry, like, will he text me back? Or, yes, you know, like, yes. what will happen next? She's like, oh, he texted me back. Now, like, and then she just, that was a funny response. I'll text back something funny. Right. She then, wasn't like, I haven't heard from you in three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, but, yeah, that, that really just sort of laid the groundwork for our relationship, though. And, like, there was sort of an openness that's been there from the get-go. And, you know, we talk things through amongst ourselves all the time. And we do, we actually had, like, a check-in this last weekend. We do check-ins. We put them on the calendar, mm-hmm. which sounds so silly, but, no, you know, I it's been, like, awesome. great. Yeah, yeah. No, um, you're, like, saying we're agreeing for this to be more than just let's see what happens. Like you're actually putting yeah. effort into a relationship. Totally. Which I hate to tell you this listeners, <laughs> but if you want to have a successful relationship, it requires effort. Yeah. yeah. You totally. have to do the work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is something that Jerry, like with me, with my therapy with him is like, you have to do the work. Totally. You totally. I'm like, oh, uh. I don't want to do the work. I just want the relationship to fall into my lap. I yeah. You know, Totally. And then I just want it to work out. I don't want to sit there and have to like think about it or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It is a lot of work. And, but like, it's what makes relationship good and happy. And it's just nice because there's nothing that's really unsaid in our relationship. It's all said. Like, mm-hmm. like we know about each other's past ex, you know, past adventures. We know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of where we've all been. And like, there's not really any secrets involved in how we operate with each other. And, but the other part about that's sort of interesting is like, this is kind of the first relationship I've been in where I feel like either one of us, like we could walk away too, you know, Mm -hmm. like there is very much like a lot of love, but there's no like leaning on it, Mm -hmm. you know, which I think it's interesting to be in that place where we're not, it's easy for both of us to show up whole to each other because we're not, you know, we're both sort of confident and comfortable with each with ourselves you're not dependent yes, on each other totally for your happiness yeah, yeah yeah which is like that's not even a place that some people ever even try to get to totally totally yeah, I, yeah. and i feel like to have a really satisfying relationship you have to be in that place walking into it totally like i'm okay no matter what i you know that was one thing with my ex and i and when we did split it was really it was hard because i I, I will always love him. Yeah. But it was like we both agreed that it was for the best yeah, yeah. and that we were going to be okay no matter what. Yeah. And luckily, you know, we're still great friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, it took a little bit of time to get to that where totally. I could say we're great friends. But, um, but we really are because I think we just respected each other. There was a mutual respect of who we were and we didn't want to, to be angry and to be, you know, uh, dependent on each other for our happiness. So I think that's probably when you say like, we don't, it's like, you don't need, totally. you want each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. need each other. You yeah. Know? It's very freeing because, you know, like I'm not coming from this place of like, I need something from her. And then also I feel more comfortable communicating my needs because 
I don't feel like she's coming from this place of like needing something from me all the time. Oh, yeah, too. there's no desperation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, if I say this thing, I'm gonna lose this relationship, and I have to have it. And yeah, I have yeah. To have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, it has like, and that's the other part. Like, just you know, this whole like, part of the whole journey was like learning this vocabulary around relationships and communication. Mm-hmm. To, because I think part of it too was I, I always sort of struggle with this thing where. A relationship could get derailed completely at any time. Like I could say the wrong thing, and it would just like all blow up and all be over. Right. And you know, come to learn that these things are much more negotiable yeah, yeah. than I think we expect sometimes. I first felt like that when I started dating again. Like even just in the beginning stages, like if I was on, I mean, even on an app, you yeah, can yeah. say the wrong thing, yeah, and then the person just stops talking to you, and you're like, yeah. Okay, I can't say anything. But I learned yeah. that person's not for me. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's like they that's actually it. saved you some time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like that's great. Now I know. Uh, but initially, it is. It's hard because it, you're kind of thrown. It for still a stings. Like, I can't be myself. You know, yeah. it's still back to that. Like I can't be who I am. Yes, you can. You just have to find the right person that's gonna show up and stay, even if yeah, you yeah. are yourself. You know? Totally. Um, what about, so these are, so the, the, the game and yeah. then, uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about, are there any books that you feel like are like the best advice? You know, it's funny. Cause I think, I think all of them, I had to sort of parse, you know, mm-hmm. the pieces mm-hmm. out there and I had to complement it with, you know, other, other information outside of there. Like I said, like Brene Brown was, I was reading a lot of her books. Mm-hmm. I read this book called, it's just straight up called Emotional Intelligence yeah, by, I think right. it's like, I think the guy's name is Gottman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that guy, Mark Manson, who wrote that, like, he wrote the book about the art of not giving a shit or something like that. Yeah. His actually first book was a men's dating book, and it was actually pretty good. Okay. So I thought that book was really good. It's um, like the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Like, yeah, that's, that's the one. Like, yeah, I like that. I like that book a lot. The other book was called, it was called Models. And I first didn't, it was like sort of models of masculinity. It uh-huh. was, and it is like a rather thoughtful idea of like new models of masculinity. Mm-hmm. When I first saw it, I thought it was like models and the cover had like a guy with lipstick on his collar or something uh-huh. like that. And I was like, oh, like, so like how to like score models? Is that what this is all about? Yeah. <laughs> but it ended up being like a really good book when I read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, the internet's full of just all these, like, PDFs that you can download that are, you know, 78-page books and about how to do this or that. And I mean, the interesting part was, yeah, I, I ate up a lot of this stuff. I read a lot of it. And I would get, but I would get good pieces from all of it. And mm-hmm. I just did, had to learn how to parse the things that were good and the things that were bad. And it's funny because I don't want to, like, recommend some of those mm-hmm. books. But they were also, like, really helpful for me at one point. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, some of the some of the gurus that were out there, and again, this is like 2012, so I have no idea what's going on. Well, I have some thoughts about what's going on now. But, <laughs> but like, God. yeah, yeah, there was. So there's like a lot of the ways I, I talk about is there was sort of like a dark side and a light side of the whole realm of men's relationship books. And a lot of them, like on the light side, there was a pretty obvious like bait and switch that happened that I thought was good where it said like, Hey, we're gonna get you laid. We're gonna help you pick up chicks. We're gonna like, this is gonna, you're gonna score with this. You're gonna have lots of sex with this, and we're gonna teach you about emotional intelligence. We want you uh-huh. to like look inside yourself. You want you to like think about your confidence. And I would actually argue, like to some extent, the game kind of does that uh-huh. a little bit. 
But, like, the dark side, like... So it's almost like they're manipulating you to... Yeah, 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 totally. But like, <laughs> to go deeper, almost. Yeah, yeah, but, like, you know, you got to think, like, who's the target audience of these books? It's not going to be a guy that, like, the, the target audience is a guy that's trying to get laid, quote-unquote. Yeah, right, right. It's not going to be a guy that's like, I need to show up with some more fully filmed human... <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, right. Um, and there are books that do do that for men, like I think like David Data is the guy that comes to mind and stuff, which I wasn't really impressed with that guy's book. But um, but there are some of those things like that. But a lot of the original men's dating books, they come from that, like, they do have to do that bait and switch. Uh, but, I mean, the dark side gets, like, I mean, it's dark and it's creepy and it goes towards, yeah. like, the red pill. We talked about this a little bit before, like, a lot of the alt-right kind of sprung out of this because yeah. it was a lot of these that disaffected... That is terrifying to yeah. me, this incels and yep, all of it you know totally. like feeling entitled you know, yeah enti- thank you yeah, yeah, yeah. feeling <laughs> entitled to yeah, yeah. having a woman's body or totally. a woman's attention or a woman's time or just yeah. by virtue of yeah yeah what you're a man so you should just have it it's like no you have to earn that you totally. have to earn the relationship any relationship that you have yeah, yeah. so why is one with a woman different and especially sex i mean totally. and that's what like really is is damaging you know it, and it makes me sad because i know that men crave and desire sex and there's so many messages that it's constant like you're not virile you're not masculine you're not unless you're getting laid unless yeah, yeah so i can imagine the pressure but then adding to that so take what you want you know yeah yeah and I just think it's it's really scary in a lot of ways totally. because men don't have really healthy ways to work through that or to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not encouraged to talk about it, or you know. Totally. Um, it's different amongst women. Yeah. Know, we're able to like express ourselves and talk to our girlfriends about it and get it out, you know. And I don't think men have that in a lot of ways. No, it's you true. Know? There's, I mean, I have a larger kind of cultural critique of that, though, too, because I definitely kind of grew, like, there's definitely, in other dimensions, I'm probably an incel, you know? <laughs> like, I definitely, like, well, there's a version right. of me somewhere out there that could be, if you believe this, like, multiverse concept. Because I definitely grew up thinking, like, you know, when you get to a certain age, it's going to happen. Like, just this woman will show up in your world, and it'll just happen, and you'll yeah. have a wife, and you'll, like, have a family, and that'll just yeah. all come together. But it's... It's also, you know, that was so that was one message I grew up with, but it's also kind of like in our culture, like I, when I think about where did this come from and, you know, all of the men that get shown on TV, there's sort of, I make a joke, there's sort of like two male characters in like popular media. There's like the superhero and there's a Homer Simpson and yes. that's kind of it, you know? Yeah, but, that's it. Yeah, and the superheroes, they're getting the girls all the time, like, but then also like, you know, the Homer Simpson, we do like the larger like trope of like the sitcom dad. And just think of all those, like, stupid, like, Adam Sandler movies and stuff where he always, like, hooks himself up with a hot wife. Yeah. And, the movie, and, like, and like all these sitcom dads, they all had, like, just this, you know, loving, attractive wife and stuff, too. And yeah. it just is pushed out there as this sort of cultural trope that, yeah. like, this is supposed to happen for you. It will come together, like, and she's going to be attractive and doesn't matter what you look like or who you are, what you got, like, you know, you need to have the attractive woman and it's all going to come together and this is just what the media shows you, you know? Yeah, and that's and, it. Yeah. And then you have characters like, I, I was talking to a friend about, like, yeah, yeah. so you have books totally. like, you have Atticus Finch. Well, his he doesn't have a wife. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so right. Like you yeah, have yeah. these, like, supermen yeah, yeah. 
that are like they're just a bit above. Yeah, you yeah. Know? They're like morally almost superior, but they have a they oftentimes. No, totally. They don't. They're sexless. Like they. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an interesting thing. It know? is. Yeah, there are like. There just aren't really very many good models of like masculinity out there. And we joked yeah. about this last time. Like I did a Facebook post of like who are good models for masculinity. Mm-hmm. And I got two answers. I got Barack Obama and Mr. Rogers. And like that was it. Right. And nobody else had really any other good things. And like I think The Rock was like uh-huh. way he was down there, like the seventy eighth comment. Somebody uh-huh. said like The Rock. Right. And yeah, even those two are like but like Barack Obama is like, you know, he's a very like sort of exceptional human being. Like, like that's none of us are going to live up to that. Very few of us are. And right. like Mr. Rogers, you're right. He's like sexless. Like yeah, there's, he is. He there's is. nothing sexy Even about Mr. Rogers. He's married Rogers. for like yeah. all those years, but you don't think about him. As, no, you know? he's not projected as yeah. like a sex symbol in any way. You not know? at all. Yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> at all. And probably for the in best. Fact, a ton of people, you know, constantly were saying that he, they thought he was homosexual and that, you know. Totally. And he yeah. wasn't. His, you know, his wife was very, you know, in the documentary about him, she's like, no, he was not gay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. And so if I say to you, yeah. toxic masculinity, yeah, yeah. what does that bring up for you? I actually don't like that phrase. I think to the audience I would like, stand the benefit of it maybe it works sort of like as a shorthand in maybe quote-unquote feminist circles amongst mm-hmm. women but like for men the guys that would need to hear that they hear that word and they're made they just shut off you know exactly and it just implies that masculinity that is, is toxic to me it's so problematic yeah, yeah. It, it's like everything these days we paint stuff with either a broad brush yeah yeah or trim it down to it's like yeah like single fiber of things and there's either no in between or there's a thousand variations. Totally, totally. And I, yeah, the I understand why it's a problem to say it, but I'm curious because I feel like it's it's a term yeah. that people use a lot now. Yeah. To describe kind of this patriarchal culture that we're in, where even though it's 2020, <laughs> women are still not really considered. Yeah. People, totally. fully formed yeah, yeah. human beings. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and people will say, well, you live in the U.S. What are you, what are you complaining about? Women have so much freedom there and everything. No, we're still fighting for yeah. basic rights to totally. control our bodies. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the world we're living in. And so I think that there needs to be a phrase, but I, yeah, the word toxic masculinity is definitely probably, yeah, yeah. I think. I heard a podcast recently, this woman named Liz Plank that wrote a book on like mindful masculinity and she had a good response to this and I forgot what it is, but if you want, like look okay, her up and I'll maybe that's that. out there. I'll link that in the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the show notes. But, one but of I things, like that mindful masculinity, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking with Dr. Jen about mindful, totally. like mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that to me, that, that invites a discussion. Yeah, yeah. Toxic masculinity, if there's any way to just shut it down, that shuts down a discussion. Totally, totally. It's like, yeah. I'm done. It was funny, though. I listened to the podcast with this woman, Liz Plank, talking about her book, and I was like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And, but also as I'm, like, reading this, and, you know, I looked up the book, and and she's, like, this, like, young, attractive woman that wrote the book, and I'm like, oh, guys aren't going to read this. Like, you know? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. they're not going to take advice from her no matter what she's saying. And it's just... It is kind of a shame, but, I mean, I kind of get it, too. The one thing that, like... 
You I, get what? That they're not going to take advice from her or? Yeah, they're just, they're not. Like, mm-hmm. the guys that need to aren't. Like, uh-huh. I might read that book, but, you know, I'm not the guy that, I could benefit from it for sure, but like I'm not like the guy that like needs it the most, you right, know. Right, right, no, absolutely. Um, and it's you know probably going to be read by you know I don't know maybe this is presumptuous of me, but like maybe it'll get read by more women than men, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that always strikes me when we talk about this sort of notions of like toxic max- masculinity is I think as a culture we've created a situation where we've taken male insecurity and we've just made it ma- our presumption of masculinity. And so, you know, what was what do men do? They they make lots of money. They get the attractive woman. They have like mm-hmm. a nice car. They have all the flashy things. They have like the toned body from working out, and they, you know, they make mergers and <laughs> whatever, like yeah, mergers and acquisitions <laughs> and whatever. But like these are, you know, to a certain degree, like on one level, like yeah, you know, you want to be in shape. You want to have like you know some nice things, but mm-hmm. like. Right. But a lot of that is kind of like comes from an insecure place, like always trying to prove your masculinity. Like mm-hmm. you need to get the attractive woman or however many women to prove that you're a man and like, you know, having like the fit bod to prove that you're a man, like, and all the accoutrements of material wealth prove your masculinity. And that's and all. it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Like it's all kind of comes from a place of insecurity, you know? Right. And a lot of those men, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sorry, but our president, you look at him and you're like. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> He's the top of it. You yeah, know? you're one of the most insecure, horribly formed yeah, yeah. people, in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, and you're you're supposedly at the top. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, the pinnacle of success. But what does it mean? Yeah, yeah. Because so, so many people are so repelled by it. Totally. You know, so disgusted by that yeah, kind yeah. of idea that this is what a man is. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not what a man, I mean, in, in my opinion. No, totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I we, have to preface it, it's my opinion, but... We have all these pieces of our culture that reward that. You know, we have totally. our culture sort of rewards men acting from a place of insecurity over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Rather, you know, and... I would argue that there's actually like an ultimate reward of reacting from a place of like wholeness and consciousness and mindfulness, but there's like a big scary leap you have to take from like reacting from that insecurity to reacting from that place. And there is like, I mean, like I said, it took me about like five years to kind of figure this out. And that was a leap I took and it was, it was scary. It was strange. Like looking back at it now, I remember I was so scared, like so scared about what I was going to be embarking on. Like just, I'm going to go up to a woman on the street and I'm going to say these ridiculous lines I read in the book. At the moment, I was conscious of like, why am I so scared by this? I'm really scared. This Uh is weird. But (laughs) I think it was, you know, that was kind of that first step. And I realized there was a lot of fears to overcome as I was doing that. And I don't know, had I not kind of gotten to like a, you know, quote unquote, rock bottom that led me to go on Amazon and buy the game. I don't know that I would have like taken up this challenge. I think that's what's kind of like weird about it. And even kind of projecting myself, the parts of my life that I like and appreciate the most now, these aren't like outwardly visible to anybody, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. the way that it might be outwardly visible if I had, or if I had like, you know, you don't need them to be. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your satisfaction. I'm not proving anything to anybody from, anymore. Right. It's yeah, yeah. nothing outside of you. It's what, yeah. what makes you happy inside. Yeah, yeah. 
you know? And that's another thing. Like, I feel like women have been taught that, that, like, your accomplishments, your your desires, your, you know, it's okay for those to be internal. Men, yeah. it's like you have to show. You have to, like, there has to be visible proof of your totally. success. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, that you've accomplished something. And yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think we've done a great disservice. To, yeah. to men and women, but I and I'm not saying like I feel so sorry for men, but I'm saying like it I, I see that it's difficult yeah, to yeah. kind of be this fully formed person but get all these signals of like this is how you have to appear to be. Yeah, yeah. There's um this play that I saw years ago, it's called Big Love by Chuck Me, and there's a monologue in the play. Yeah. These guys go to this little island and they basically want to marry all their cousins. He like he based okay. it on the Greek yeah. on a Greek tragedy. So they go to the the island and they there's like a hundred cousins and a hundred cousins and they're gonna marry they're just gonna go and take the women and okay. they're just gonna Perfect. Grab them. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so the guy does this monologue and he's like, You want me to go fight a war and, and murder with my bare hand. You want me to go murder people. Yeah. There's blood, there's yeah. guts, there's you know and then I'm supposed to come home and cuddle you yeah. and hold you yeah. and reassure you. Yeah. And, you know, and he's like, do you know how hard it is to be a man? Like, I, how <laughs> am I supposed to do both? Which is it? What yeah, do you yeah. want? Because women aren't called to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not asked to go out and like, you know, I don't have to go kill anybody to get you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying like women have it so easy, but I'm saying like it is. I think more than ever, men are asked are being asked to show up emotionally. Totally. Show, you know, because women, I don't need a breadwinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need that. I can do that myself. I can yeah. make my own living. I can take care of myself. So what I need a man for is emotional support. Yeah, yeah. And that is not what most men have been taught yeah. how to show up. Totally. So this is like a whole new world we're living in now. You yeah. Know? But I think in that, so, because there is definitely sort of a backlash going on and like, you know, like, like I haven't read any of his actual books, but like, I feel like the Jordan Peterson guy, he's kind of mm-hmm. talking from this place of backlash of men are expected to be so much these days. And like, you know, we've got this, but mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I think what's actually going on here is like, just like a really great opportunity, you know, we can choose. Mm-hmm. We can, we have, I think now more than ever, like men actually do have the power to chart their own path yeah. and decide what they want masculinity to be. And I think, you know, women are like, there isn't the expectations of being the breadwinner anymore. So that's great. Like you don't yeah. have to be. Yeah. And, you know, you there's just different ways of exploring your life and how you want to live in ways that I just don't think that were available before. Right. I mean, I think if you weren't willing to be a breadwinner, like you probably weren't going to get a wife before or something. And, right. And if you weren't willing... To be a wife, you weren't going to get, you know, like, yeah, yeah, totally. willing to just submit. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, I think saying that it's an opportunity is great because I'm not saying that it's, that it's a bad thing. Totally. But I think that it is an opportunity for men to finally give each other permission to tap into their feelings and yeah, their emotions. Because yeah. I know they have them. Yeah, yeah. They're having to, like, squash them down for years <laughs> and years and years is why yeah, we, yeah. like, there's so much violence and so much you know, outward aggression yeah, yeah. because 
I can't imagine bottling it up for so long. It's going to come out somewhere, and it's totally. not going to be pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. We can't expect both. Yeah. We can't stifle somebody for years and years and years and then <laughs> expect them to be totally emotionally available and, you know, totally. on cue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it's, okay. it's tough because, yeah, I think, I don't know, <clears throat> you got to get to, like, get them while they're young, though, you know? Right. These ideas, which... Right. And I will say, I think that, like, the younger generation, I mean, it's fascinating to me because they're so much open, they're so much more open about everything. Totally. I know. This would have blown me uh, away. Everything. Like, um, LGBT, uh, rights, and, and, and what that means. There's an openness there that just wasn't there when I was even in high school. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's a different world. Oh, yeah. Totally. So I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. And right now... I think it feels so negative and horrible, but these conversations are happening everywhere. So yeah. I, I think it's just a matter of the shift needing to like fully take hold. It totally. just hasn't yet. Yeah, yeah. It just hasn't yet because it's scary to change. Yeah. I mean, I, I do hear, and like, I hope this is true, but like, this is sort of like the last <laughs> gasp of like an old way trying to hold on mm-hmm. that we're experiencing right now. And, yeah. you know, they will be pushed aside soon or yeah. something, which um, I'm sure it sounds very scary to a lot of people, but to me, it's like, that sounds actually quite hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I see more and more men, like, holding other men to task and, yeah. and, and, and talking about consent and talking yeah. about the, the, that behavior, you know, calling each other out, which I think was a big issue years ago. Now it's like with the Me Too movement, people are so much more vocal, but years ago, when I started even just doing V-Day, Vagina Monologue, years ago. Yeah, those yeah. conversations were so awkward and weird to have. Yeah, yeah. But men wanted to have them. Totally. They wanted to talk about it. They yeah, wanted yeah. to, like, how do we help? What do we do? Because they weren't ever set, you know, told, like, well, you need to call your friends out. You need to say yeah, that's yeah. unacceptable. You can't do that. And I think more and more men are doing that now. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's not cool, you know? Yeah. And that's all it typically takes amongst men is like, hey, man, that's not cool. Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden. <laughs> just, yeah. There know? is a sort of, I mean, yeah, it kind of comes from a place where like guys just are afraid to make any sort of mistake. But yeah. I will say yeah. there is, that is a legit good aspect of that. Yeah. No, it really is. Um, so I wanted to pick your brain yeah, on yeah. a couple of things. Okay. Um, just because you're like token male. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we ne- we haven't had any guys on the show except for Jerry and like and you, and so we're always just coming from our perspective. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things in the sh- in the show that we have talked about a lot is rule, you know, the rules in the books and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, one of the rules is that you cannot sleep with someone on the first date. Yes. What do you think about that rule? I mean, me and my current partner slept with each other on the first day. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, point. I think it all depends on like, and this is, it all kind of depends on what you want. Like, you know, if, and the kind of guy like the, because I think a lot of guys, yeah, like if you sleep with them on the first date, he probably would put you into a category that would be like not marrying that one. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Which... Whatever, fuck him. You know, well, right. <laughs> like, it's like I know you can't expect it. Yeah, yeah. But that it's just a rule, a hard and fast rule for women: do not sleep. But then men are encouraged to sleep with the woman, like totally. to get in their pants as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult to traverse that when you're dating because it's like 
I want to have sex with you. Does this mean that I can't have a satisfying relationship yeah. because I'm, you know, I, I want to have physical intimacy? But so maybe, I just think it's fascinating. But I just yeah. think it's about what are you really looking for? Yeah, totally. And like, you know, maybe this is that thing you talked about earlier where, you know, if if you have sex with a man on, his, on the first date and you realize shortly after that 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 means he is no longer available to you for like a sustained relationship. Well, like he just, you know, excused himself from your world yes. in a way that probably benefits you in Eliminate, the long term. Yes. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> You're you move on. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's not um, the right fit for you. <laughs> exactly. And ultimately, I think that's what it comes down to. I just, that it's a rule in every book. I'm just fascinated what men think about that. Yeah. Something that, like I said, I think I already know the answer to this in your case, but do men like women to initiate? Yeah. I mean, I think. Again, it doesn't bother me, but I could definitely see how there are some men out there, and there would be different versions of myself, that if a woman initiated, I think even well, even my, for myself in the past, like if a woman initiated, I, I, w- I liked it, but I just didn't know what to do. Like, ooh, you've short-circuited right. my like script. Now what? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And so kind of where I'm at now, like a woman initiates, well, oh, cool. Yeah, sure, let's hang out. But It's not like... A deal breaker. Yeah, yeah. But there definitely had been points in time. I mean, I think a lot, kind of like this last one too, they're sort of presuming that, you know, this is kind of an old school version of masculinity that you're interacting with here, you know? And mm-hmm. and he's going to be like, well, I can't date a woman that makes first move. I'm the man. I got to make the first move. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that's the kind of man you want, then like, don't make the first move. But if you want a man that's going to be okay with you making the first move, then like, make the first move. Yeah. And you might just eliminate guys <laughs> yeah that's just another rule don't yeah. don't make the first move let them do it let them do the chase you know yeah yeah yeah. and it's like no i've i've made the first move plenty of times and i think guys are almost like relieved you know? oh totally like, oh yeah oh you did all the work this time yeah. and then they know like there's not either not going to be rejected well yeah there's rejection like, is just as hard for women as it is for men totally. you know? so putting yourself out there in the way that men have to is and I'm sure there are some men out there that do get like validations of their attractiveness from time to time, but it doesn't happen that often for like most men, I would mm-hmm. presume. Yeah. And so when a woman does make the first move, you are like, I think you probably do run into a little bit of that also with guys where, you know, you might be running up against their insecurities where the, oh, oh, she's, oh, making the first move on me, like me, me, uh-huh. you yeah, know, yeah. like, she likes me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, the saying, he's just not that into you. Yes. That whole mindset. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of validity to that. Yeah, yeah. But I also think there's gray area. I think sometimes we say, oh, if he doesn't do this, this, and this, then he doesn't like you. Yeah, yeah. I don't always think that that's hard and fast. What do you... So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, these are all, like, complicated people doing whatever they want to do for whatever reason they do it, you know? Yeah. and. And it's all on an individual basis, totally. I know, but I want you to speak for all men. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just think, like, so when I relate to that. One thing I, I definitely think, you know, there is some truth to it on some level, like women I'm in, interested in. Like, they text me, like, I'll text back, you know, mm-hmm. relatively quickly. Yeah. Whereas women I'm not interested in, like, oh, she texted, uh, like, what am I going to say? Um, do I want to hang out with her Friday? Or, or I kind of got this going on, I got this other thing. Yeah, I think all of us sort of do that calculus yeah. on some level when there's somebody we're like, 
you know, would be our seventh or eighth choice. Thank you for saying. <laughs> this is what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Because th- so here's the thing. I really like a guy. I text him. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't text me back necessarily. Yeah. You like immediately at all, or or ne- like for hours or whatever. Yeah. I can kind of surmise. Yeah. The interest level is not the same. Yeah. yeah. I should just assume that and know that, okay, so do I need this person to be really into me for me to continue to pursue it? Yeah, yeah. If the answer is yes, then don't keep texting that guy. Yeah, yeah. If the answer is I have the same level of interest in him as he has in me, we'll see what happens, then fine. Like, keep trying. Yeah, yeah. But if you want somebody to be enthusiastic and interested, you'll know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. If they're not, move on. Yeah. You know. And that, that's been sort of like, I think of like the actual relationships that I've gotten into and it just happens so smoothly and like so yes. easily. It just happens. And you don't, there's no yeah. work. To the point where it's like, why did I even like try so uh, hard? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But I mean, there is like, there also is scenarios where like two people could be super into each other, but just the way their life is, the way they interact with their phones or texting or whatever, where... Yeah, it might take 10 hours to get back to each other. Right, and it doesn't right. necessarily mean they're not into you. It's just, you know. Yeah, I tried to never life. assume. And, I've, yeah. and I trained myself out of being that woman that's like, I haven't heard from you. Or is everything okay? Yeah, I yeah. just, I don't do that anymore because I don't want to assume and I yeah. know better. But if it's been a couple of days, then I'm usually like, I'm just going to wait and see. Or I will text and say, how's it going? You know, just yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of put it out there and see totally. where it goes from there. But... I try not to ever assume that a man's just over it or done yeah, yeah. if he hasn't said that. It's like yeah. life happens. Totally. You know? My last one is, do you believe that men and women can be friends? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have like lots of female friends and, yeah. you know, even, I mean, this is like, I, I get a sense of maybe I'm a little bit different in this regard than most people, but I'm pretty like... I almost hold like friendship relationships almost in the same regard as like intimate relationships. Yeah. And sometimes even more so mm-hmm. to the point where, yeah, I've definitely been in like intimate relationships and it's like, well, we're just going to be friends now. I was like, okay, cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it didn't really bother me or affect me. It's easy for me to kind of slide into that state where I think other people that can be very difficult. But I mean, it, it kind of comes from a place. I, I, I feel like the presumption in that question is sort of that like, you know, I don't know, people can't control their hormones or emotions or their needs or insecurities mm. and they got to kind of keep looking for each other, which is kind of a shitty presumption maybe on some level. But I think, you know, if we're all sort of whole human beings and we're not projecting our needs onto each other right. <laughs> in that sexual sense, there shouldn't be any problem with being friends with each other. That's yeah, my absolutely. feelings, you know? No, I agree. I agree. I do I do think sometimes after a relationship, though, it can be hard. Yeah, there can be like a... There should be if a, you're not done like if you're yeah. still having feelings it's totally. very difficult to continue yeah. to try and be friends with somebody that you have feelings for because you know i've been there but i think ultimately it's just a level of maturity that you can you can be friends and it's okay yeah. it doesn't mean that you know anything's gonna happen and i'm like you like all of my relationships kind of hold the same weight for me yeah so i don't you know, when I'm dating somebody or when I'm, like, in a relationship that my other friendships take just as much totally uh, time and energy, I'm going to put just as much into them. So, yeah. No, I'm just curious about that because some people have strong opinions about that. And I, I'm kind of 
yeah. also it's an individual thing. It depends on the person. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. they're capable of, totally. of being a friend and and what does friendship mean to you? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? Is it? Yeah, totally. Um, I think these are all things, kind of things you just, I mean, I think one of the good things of these books, and even if you don't agree with me these things, is just ask yourself the questions. Like, yeah, what does friendship mean? Like, what do I want it to be? Yeah. And, like, am I willing to put effort into a relationship with somebody that feels like we couldn't be friends in another scenario? Like, right. Or do I just realize it's not my person? And, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, and that's a lot on. of, like, what the work, when, when I talk, when I say the work, the work, the work, that is it, is like defining it for yourself. Totally. And then move, working from that place. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, this, this is what it is for me, and it's not necessarily going to be the same for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, I that's about it as far cool. as like my list of things. Yeah. Um, it, do you have any like closing advice as far as what do you think was the best book? So, like for me, yeah. I think calling in the one, like as far as a relationship okay. book, has yeah. been really good. Yeah. And then I love Dr. Jen's book as far yeah. as like the, for the sex stuff because totally. she's really focused on integrating your sex life with your emotions and yeah, with, yeah. you know being mindful and practicing like what it is you really want. How yeah, do you yeah. that? I mean, I think a lot of times these relationship books are so predicated on like where you are at in your journey, True. you know? True. Yeah. I will say the one book I catch myself like telling my guy friends to read more often than not is that um, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Okay. Because it does it does create this thing. I mean, it does kind of call to this way that guys can be similar to like submissive, but not quite submissive, but really like the way they will make sacrifices for a relationship or for, you know, attainment of a relationship mm -hmm. that aren't really true to themselves, that aren't really honored themselves. And it, you know, leads to unhappy relationships. And I see a lot of, you know, a lot of guys I know do this. And um, so that's a book I recommend to guys the most, if that kind of answers the okay. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely does. So how do people get a hold of you? And how do people attend your events <laughs> and things? Like, where do they go? Yeah. So the best thing is, is thenewnarrative.org. Just go to that website, thenewnarrative.org. I will link that, listeners. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, there's, like, an Instagram and Facebook for The New Narrative. I've actually, like, done this thing now where I have made – I'm making, like, these – professional public personas of myself uh -huh. on the internet uh -huh. so i actually have a facebook page for nathan cody young that's like my full name so okay. you can find me there um i have a twitter and instagram also nathan cody young so you can find a find me in both those um i'm still sort of like wading into that whole persona of myself okay. on the internet but yeah that's the best way to find me so if you want to check out any of Nathan's events, you yes. want to go to uh, at the new narrative on Instagram. Is that a good one? Do you use that as much or? Man, I forget what the Instagram handle is. <laughs> <laughs> if you search for I'll, the new I'll narrative, it, yeah, yeah. I'll link it in if you search notes. for it, there's me and there's a ska band in Denver. I'm not the ska band. <laughs> okay. Like. <laughs> I will not. I will not link the ska yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might link one of their songs just because. Just because. Just because it came. Out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Nathan. Thank you so yeah, much of course. for Thanks. talking to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I love this. For speaking for all men. Yeah. Um, exactly. All of them. I've spoken for <laughs> all of them. There's no more to be said. <laughs> that's it. We're done. That's it. We figured Probably, it out. That's it. So this episode comes out next Friday, and I cannot wait for everybody to. Listen and send us emails, landyourman at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. 
And as always, our link is in our bio on uh, Instagram to our website. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Landerman Podcast is a subsidiary of nothing and is produced in association with no one other than Carlinelle and Delia Knight.